Welcome, listeners, to How It's Played. My name is Eli Selkin. I'll be your host today, along with Phil Aiken. Matthew Yap. Sweet. We'll be talking about indie games and how they relate to the industry overall. Um, today, we'll start off by defining what exactly is an indie game in the video game industry. What do you think, Phil? Well, it's probably something that, you know, it's low budget, very few people are working on, and... Um, very rarely is it ever physical. It's almost always digital only. So. I misunderstood the assignment. I thought this was like India type stuff, but I guess not. But no, uh, I usually just take it as like, kind of like you said, like a smaller studio, something usually without a lot of financial backing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say just like a small time studio with a nice little passion project. It's a small little studio with a lot of money issues. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a college dilemma. Yeah, usually. (laughs) Uh, What games do you guys think of when you think of indie, typically? Uh, My personal favorite, Shovel Knight. So that's the one that comes to mind. Um, I'm playing through Golf Story right now, so that's another one that comes to mind. actually. Yeah, it's so much fun. Oh my gosh, me too. This is adorable. Wait, we're all playing Golf Story? That's kind of precious. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's awesome. I I started playing it because the one I always think of is uh, Stardew Valley. It's like my Mm -hmm. favorite game, Mm -hmm. and basically people were like, it's vaguely like that, and I was like, I'm sold. That's that's really all I need to hear. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like, I find it really weird. Like, Golf Story is, like, when I originally saw it, I'm just like, oh, man, it's just another, it's a, just a golf game, mm-hmm. you know? But it's really sort of funny, and it's it's original for what you think it is. It's and, quirky. Like, it's, it's insane. I'm, like, fighting off zombies with golf balls. It's <laughs> crazy. Which, you know, I didn't expect that. I mean, I love it, but it wasn't expected. I think the, the most fun I have with that game is, like, literally... Anywhere on the course, you could just, like, drop a ball and, like, hit mm. people with it, and you're just like, what are you going to do oh, about man. it? I love throwing golf balls at people. It's so much fun. <laughs> uh, so, do you guys have, like, a favorite indie game? For me, it's Shovel Knight, definitely. Shovel Knight. I would say Stardew Valley. I've put 75 hours into it, to which some people, that's, like, nothing, but I, ha- I don't play video games most of the time, and so for me, that's a lot, but, uh, yeah, Stardew Valley's amazing. I just need that nice, calm farming simulator to hide from the horrors that is my yeah. reality. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Why, why is Shovel Knight your favorite? I like um, kind of... How should I put this? I like smaller co-op games, and the fact that I can play uh, Shovel Knight with my girlfriend or one of my friends or even, like, my sister or something, I find that really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tried getting to, into Shovel Knight, and it, like, I'm really terrible with, like, old games, you know? I'm mm-hmm. just, like, oh, yeah. and, the, and the checkpoints for Shovel Knight are really far and few in between. Yeah, it can be like that. Yeah, and I, I just, like... Every time I like I play the level, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna make it, and I get so close, and I like I see the little like marker. It's like, oh, you're here, and it's like checkpoints like a fraction away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Yeah, I've made like zero progress for the same reason that I'm bad at video games, <laughs> and I can never make it to checkpoint. I've made so little progress in that game, but I have a good time. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is super fun. Um, have any indie games disappointed you guys? The one that comes to mind, actually, there's two. It's Ark Survival Evolved. I've heard that's been pretty bad. Uh, I haven't played it personally, but I have a friend who's like super into dinosaurs, and he's told me that it's garbage. But the one that I have played that is garbage is Mighty Number no. Nine. Mm. So, which is really disappointing because I, I like things. Mega Man. Mm. So, it was yeah. just a shame to see that fl- flop. Do you do you remember how much Mighty Number no. Nine? 
grossed like in Kickstarter ones? I don't remember. I didn't back it. So wasn't it in the millions or something like that? I, I want to say it it's right around then, just because people million. who like Mega Man like really yeah. jumped on. And it was but. the creator, I think, right, who started the campaign. I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember a lot of people complaining about the the pizza explosions, mm-hmm. like when the game came out, and I, I like I remember looking at Mighty Number no. Nine. I'm like, it looks sort of similar to Mega Man, but I'm like. I bet a lot of people will probably be disappointed because it's not Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, that's where I feel like it fails because it's s- trying so hard to be Mega Man, but it falls short. It's just not that fun to play. Yeah. Um, in terms of disappointing indie games, I typically... Uh, which one was it recently? I don't know. But I, I, <laughs> well, I mean, like, recently, like, have you guys noticed that indie games have get, gotten more support and, like, they're they more have. flushed out? Which I'm yeah. totally fine with. Yeah, like, for for example, we got, like, Hat in Time. Do you guys, mm. have you guys seen that game? I've heard yeah, of it. I've seen gameplay of it. Yeah, it's, like, really interesting. I remember um, the developers talking about it back in, like, 2012, and they're like, oh, it's going to come for the Wii U. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of this game before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's, like, not even on Nintendo systems, but it's like yes. it's a little bit disappointing. <laughs> no, uh, for me the one and uh, there's been some like debate on whether or not it's an indie game or not. But it was made by Hello Games, which is a very small studio, had all the financial problems we all love. But it was published by Sony. But uh, No Man's Sky mm. was oh, the saddest yeah. thing that ever happened in my entire life, and I've been abused. So that's saying a lot. Have you paid for that game? I paid for that. Why? Because <laughs> I like bought that like day of. Oh my god! Matt. Like that seemed so cool to me. I was like, oh my gosh! Like it does seem universe. cool, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, like, oh my gosh! Endless universe simulator. But that's all it is. It's just like oh, there's another planet. It's all still really pretty looking. Uh, nothing's happening here at all. I mean, at all. Yeah. Have you have you played that game recently? No, I know I got patched to be better, but I'm not a fan of games that get patched to be better if you can't release mm-hmm. it well. Especially, they took like five years. If they were able to like yeah. patch it up and fix it in a month, they could have taken the extra month. Like, Yeah, that's what happened with Kingdom Come Deliverance. Because I was following that on Kickstarter, and it just came out this year. And I think I wanted to play it one weekend, and it spent like 19 hours uh, updating. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because I heard, like I still haven't played it because it's just, I don't have time for it. But mm-hmm. when I did have time, it was just updating. So I, I couldn't really play it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I heard there were some performance issues with that game. So they had to send out like, I think three or four updates. Oh man. Yeah. Well, don't feel too bad. We all have performance issues. Yeah. It's oh. very common among mm-hmm. men. You're fine. I mean, I think, I think it's really interesting how indie games can, you know, evolve over time because, you know, they actually listen to their fans compared to a lot of other companies. And, you know, they're just like, Oh, um, you don't like that feature? Well, we'll just we'll get rid of it. Don't worry. Like yeah, it, yeah. They, they listen really close. But like, for example, with the No Man's Sky, like you know Sean Murray, right? He's, yeah. He's the main creator of it, and like for the longest time, they stayed silent after the release because people just like bashed on them, and then they're mm-hmm. like, oh, by the way, we have a brand new update coming out, and people are like, what is it? And like, there's a huge fan base behind No Man's Sky now, and they're like decrypting things they're going in this weird lore and stuff it's really it's a really huge base of people you know it's really weird and i don't i mean i've tried to get into the game and it's 
there's a lot to do now and it's just yeah i d- i don't know i, I was too scorned yeah, i can't go back that's but. great that there's a lot to do now but my problem is that they lied about a lot of stuff before the game was released yeah. which I kind of turned so me much. off yeah um a friend of mine was like super excited for it to come out right before it was released and i it kept getting like pushed back like month after month and i was really skeptical of it and so when it came out uh, or when it came out wow uh when it came out um I was sad to be right. Like, I didn't want to be right about this game. That it was going to be a flop, but it was. Um, Yeah, yeah. I was the same way where I I was, like, on the opposite, where I was like, they've been working for, like, five years, and all these things went wrong, (laughs) and they're they're overcoming, and they're going to do so good, and they're going to make the best game ever, even though they face so many hurdles, and then the hurdles apparently beat them to the ground. Yeah, I I think the main issue people had with that game is that um, it had n- like no multiplayer. Like people were like, "Oh man, I could travel with friends, you know, mm-hmm. and then we could do space battles with each other and stuff." And it's like, nope, it's no. just it's just you. Well, and like, it had multiplayer. Yeah, quote, and that was quote. said in air quotes because you could meet up with friends, but it was like incredibly rare. Yeah. <laughs> I would say yeah, because like you said, you this it's a cool idea, but it's just you in this vast, completely expansive, never-ending universe, which sounds kind of like hell. But you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> imagine being the only person on Earth, like in the universe, and how lonely you'd be. That's a, there's a simulator for it, so <laughs> have fun. Yeah. Um, speaking about all these like broken promises, do you think that it's been partially due to like Kickstarter and like the Steam Greenlight? Um, being sort of new to the whole industry? Yeah, I think with the problem with Kickstarter and Steam Greenlight and things that like you have to entice people, you have to promise a lot. So when you're on your Kickstarter, sure, you can say like this, this, this is going to happen because now people want to support your game. But when it actually comes to execution, you a lot of times have promised a lot mm. and you just can't quite execute those things because if you're being honest about your game it's not going to sound as cool as you could make it sound mm-hmm. but that's kind of a problem yeah that's what happened with the Oya they promised so much oh, and yeah. it was so disappointing <laughs> oh my I, god what was their main like promise with that thing it was like a micro console that you could I think just like I think it was supposed to be like a plug and play console but with like it could support AAA games, I think was the idea. Neat. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, like incredibly small. It I was pretty that. much an Android phone in a box. <laughs> because it was it, it used the Android operating system. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty much all it was. It was just a, a very small, I could hold it in my hand. It's that small. And it didn't quite pan out? Nope. Not at all. They had the system where you could like play the game for free and if you liked it, you could buy it. Okay. Yeah. But people would just play the game for free. Yeah, I'd imagine. And then wouldn't buy it. So, yeah, so they lost money on that. I yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Paying it was for things just, is pretty it was a failure all around. It sort of sounds like when it comes to games and developers, it's like, you know, like politicians are like, oh, we got this. We'll promise we'll make these things for you. And then when they actually get released, you're like, this is sort of what I wanted. But Your slogans make America great again, but then you release the game and it's just like, it's a styrofoam disc. That's pretty much what the creator of Oya wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, she was like, video games suck nowadays. The PlayStation, the Xbox, they're all going to die. Everyone needs Oya in their living room. I can't believe Donald Trump also has a failed video game business, too, yeah. on top of his casinos. Wait, really? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, how, how trustworthy do you think indie games are nowadays? Like, would you still, like, 
you know pre-purchase it or like you know back its kickstarter i'm not a fan of like pre-ordering um i think you need to see what it's like beforehand before you actually decide to buy it. you can buy it day one if that's what you want to do but i still don't support pre-ordering i don't support uh, early access because there's when you buy those games and like when i mean early access there's no guarantee that they'll actually finish the game you're mm-hmm. just giving them your money to play an unfinished game and that's not right in my eyes right you should sell a finished product which is where no man's sky fails I've never even really understood the concept of why people pre-order stuff. It does. I just. I don't yeah. get it. I guess you're just like that excited, or you just really want to There's, show you support the creators. There's but. a lot of stuff where um, you can get like pre-order bonuses. Like yeah. Like I think uh, it maybe it was Injustice Two or um, Mortal Kombat Ten or something. I don't know. Uh, one of the fighting games gave you like a um, a pre-order only character. Uh, I was on Justice 2. Yeah, it was on Justice 2. Yeah, I think Dark Side maybe. Um, I think so. Yeah, but they'll give you like alternate skins for stuff or like physical bonuses or Mm -hmm. something. Um, But yeah, I don't support pre-ordering at all. But in terms of indie people being trustable, I think it's getting there. Um, I think the more success we see, I think Steam's had a huge part to do with it. Mm. But the more success we see of smaller games doing well, people kind of buy into it and realize that Black Ops 27 isn't the only game out there. <laughs> I mean, like in terms of like the pre-ordering, I don't really like pre-ordering, but I, I do like Kickstarters because like with pre-ordering, it's like, you know, like it's typically AAA games or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's like, like for example, with the Call of Duty franchise, they're like, oh, looks like we got the game done. And then they start working on the DLC before the game's even released. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you're just asking for money. This is essentially what you're doing. You're asking people to pay for a pre-order so you can start working on the DLC to get even more mm-hmm. money from them later on down hey the road. Hey, man, EA's really yeah. hurting for money. You gotta, you gotta help them yeah. out. Well, the problem kind of comes from that games should probably cost more than $60 nowadays to, like... Yeah. Yeah, so, like, when you're creating, a like, a... I think games should probably cost around eighty or ninety dollars. Yeah, I did. I looked it up a little while ago for like inflation reasons, but um, I mean that's the reason people do uh, DLC and stuff and mm-hmm. like um, pretty much loot boxes in their games because like okay, well you're paying sixty bucks, that's great, but it's not enough. You got to pay a little bit more, which is why there's like deluxe editions right. for like eighty or ninety dollars too. But. Like, when you compare AAA games to, like, indie games, mm-hmm. you know, indie games are, like, you know, for example, Undertale is, like, 20 bucks or, you know, sort of less. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder why there's such a price difference when it comes to indie games versus AAA games. Because passion over profit. Mm-hmm. I'm of the belief that the, one of the reasons I really pre- – I don't like AAA games. I can't think of the last one I played that I enjoyed. But I think a lot of indie games, you can really see that they, they wanted something. They're not shelling out another Halo or Call of Duty just sticking to the same formula. They have really something that they care about. And because it's they make it themselves and they find it themselves and they do all these things, it's less – in my mind at least, I feel like it's less for them about I want to make a profit off this and more about I want to give people a good experience. Mm, yeah, and since most indie games, not all, but most are kind of sprite-based, mm-hmm. it also takes less money to develop yeah. than it would a AAA game. So you can probably justify the $20 price tag versus a $60 price tag. Yeah. I don't think indie games need to be... Like, Shovel Knight does not need to be 60 bucks. It's price tag, I think, of 25 right now. Um, yeah, but that, that 25 also includes, like, three DLC campaigns. So that's perfectly fine. It doesn't need to be any more than that. 
No, uh, one that comes to mind that I purchased recently was a uh, Hand of Fate. I bought it for like twelve ninety nine, and it's not quite a card based battle game. I don't even know how to describe it, but real low res, nothing crazy going mm-hmm. on. So developing it's not quite as hard to where you need to get yeah. up that price. Yeah, exactly. I, I find it really weird. There's some indie games that I've noticed that are like sort of gone into the AAA area. Like for example, like Rocket League was like originally in the indie game, mm-hmm. and then like it blew now, up. It, it blew up, and then like now people are like, like they're practically just loot boxing all of it, and it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. oh, you see the people with all these nice car skins and all this ca- random crap, you know. And it's it's a little bit weird. I've never played or seen anything of Rocket League because I don't have the interest. And it confuses me every time I see something about it. I love it. I think it's, <laughs> it's cars playing it's, soccer. It's, okay. Yeah, it's, There's it's, other modes exactly. too. You can play hockey or basketball. Ooh, hockey. I, I no, I'm enjoy sold. I'm terrible at it, but I do enjoy playing it. Mm. I mean, I, I sort of do like the... I remember Mo- Mutant Muds. Do you remember mm-hmm. that for the, yeah. uh, for the eShop? Like, yes. they came out with, like, a ton of DLC. And it, you know, it did sell fairly well you know Mm. but all that dlc was free if i remember right if it's free i bet it sells well (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) which that's actually kind of a good point you brought up with the eShop because the switch is honestly a pretty big haven for indie games yeah i think any more indie games are on like the switch than they are like the playstation or the xbox it's a, it's a really interesting because I remember Nintendo showcasing a ton of indie, indie games recently, and they were all for the Switch, and they called them um, Nindies. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like yeah. play on words, and it's it was adorable. Like, it's, it's awesome. I love Nintendo supporting indie games now. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they announced like eighteen of them during that showcase. They did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I f- I forget all the ones they announced, but they were. They were pretty unique. Like I've never heard of a ton of them, and hopefully they they turn out well. You know? Yeah, I mean it's Nintendo. It's Nintendo. So like when they support things, they mm-hmm. make sure they run well. And, and yeah, and I think it helps indie games being on the Switch because I know a lot of people um, like have decided that their Switch is going to be downloadable only. Like mm-hmm. they're not going to buy any physical games. So I think that really helps indie games with people with that kind of mentality. Yeah, and I honestly I think that's better that way because one one of the like charms for me is like i exclusively play things on steam Mm. uh because i don't like buying physical copies of things also because i don't have a console but uh and so like i feel like it's just it's so much easier if you're like your indie game they don't have to be able to produce like uh physical copies they can just put it on the e-shop and buy it that way i think it's probably a lot easier that's probably another reason for like the 20 dollars price tag because you don't have to print discs Mm -hmm. and uh packaging and all that stuff and shipping it out um, but I'm actually on the opposite end I prefer physical games um, because typically for me it's very rare for me to replay a game so when I'm done with it I like to sell it whether that's oh. to GameStop or eBay or whatever um, I like to sell my old games to get money for new games makes sense yeah and um, I'm not a fan of like digital games too much because I feel like Especially with the Switch, if you lost your Switch or if it was broken, you're probably not getting those games back. That's that's fair. Yeah, so I, I'm a little hesitant. I have a few digital Switch games, but I'm always hesitant to buy them. There, I have a sort of different reason for buying physical games over mm-hmm. digital. Um, it mainly comes down to storage. Well, like for the for the Switch, I mean, oh, there's yeah. there's yes. 32 gigs, but then you can get like a micro SD card. But honestly, it, you're just paying more money for storage yeah. to play more games, which costs That's more. That's a good money. reason. And I was saying, yeah, I guess I didn't think about that because I do put them all on an SD card. But I already had SD cards, so like it wasn't a thought for me for spending more money. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, I um. When I built my PC, I had to buy a like a terabyte hard drive because I knew I'd be like playing 
all digital with mm-hmm. Steam, and then I had to buy an external hard drive for my PlayStation because I was just running out of space, even though I had physical games. That's so. that's the weird thing about like Nintendo versus the other consoles. Nintendo's like they don't like when you buy a physical game they don't have you like install practically the entire game on it yeah (laughs) Yeah. and like for like example playstation 4 like i remember uncharted 4 was like 50 gigabytes or something like that it's like 70 gigabytes it's now i think so if i remember right it's like 60 or 70 gigs it's crazy It's, it's like the largest game i have on the ps4 and it takes up like that's you know like the basic you know PlayStation Four is five hundred gigs, mm-hmm. so that takes up over ten percent of your memory yeah. right away. Yeah, but it's Nathan Drake. I'm okay with it. You can have all <laughs> <of> the <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely interesting when it comes down to storage and stuff. But like, I remember a little back, like I read an article about development times when it comes to like Nintendo Switch versus like Xbox One and PlayStation 4 and Steam and for most developers they always develop on the like you know laptop or desktop first mm-hmm. and then they sort of port it over to the consoles and I've I've learned that the Xbox and PlayStation have like eight times longer cycle in order to develop mm-hmm. for it compared to like the Switch or you know the pre- their previous generations mm-hmm. which is a little bit insane if you think about it I feel like that's to do with like the the Switch is not as powerful as its other like competitors yeah. so I feel like that might have something to do with it but I don't know uh, for sure well and also something that sounds kind of harsh is say they're developing something and you're taking a hot minute to develop it if Nintendo wants to take the Switch to we're going to support indie developers it sounds harsh but there's a lot of other indie developers so if you're taking too long we can cut you pretty quick and replace you just mm-hmm. as fast yeah I I find it a little bit interesting like they have all these new developers for it and I'm like I have no idea who it is but then they <laughs> yeah. like, they got the good old classic on like everything now like they brought over Cave Story from like the 3DS onto the Switch now and it's like physical version I'm like I've never played Cave Story and I'm like every time I see it, it's like they keep the same price tag on it and I'm like Ugh, I just don't I don't know it's side scrolling and side scrolling it's always a little you bit you can get it for me. free on PC <sighs> see there that's we how go. I played it because it was free originally and it's just okay mm-hmm. <laughs> see like that's that's the really hard thing with indie games is like there's not like there's no background with that developer it's yeah. not like mm-hmm. like oh they developed this game before. That means that their next game should be good. Do you think that's kind of safer, though? Because I feel like there's some times where people just kind of, like, they bank on, like, remember when we made that awesome game, like, <laughs> five years ago? You guys remember how good Black Ops 1 was? Yeah, they're making on a soldier. Yeah, so, like, I know you guys want number 17. Come on now. <laughs> like, oh <my> <laughs> It's, it's... Uh... There, oh yeah, it reminds me of like the Mighty Number no. Nine. You know, like mm-hmm. them basically just basing. <laughs> they banked on Mega Man. Oh man, I am really concerned about Bloodstained because the creator of Castlevania is making that game, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much like a new generation of Castlevania. And I that'll very be that's what they, I'm very interested. I haven't backed it on Kickstarter because it was supposed to come out last March, that didn't happen. So I'm still skeptical, but I'm really hoping for this one because I love Castlevania. Castlevania is great. Netflix series, okay, but video games, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think or do you think indie games are able to stand up to AAA titles? 
uh, gameplay yeah, yeah financially no yeah because i feel like another part of like that 20 dollars price tag comes from marketing as well because mm-hmm. i don't think any games can really afford to market their games too much no you can probably have them on like the front page of like the e-shop or something like that's great but you're not going to have commercials for it like black ops 17 does yeah you know it would be interesting to see an advertisement for golf story just on, pop up on the <laughs> that would be so adorable i would but it's not gonna it. happen no, like yeah, like he said, there's never gonna be a way that you can get like 2K 2029. Yeah. Like that's gonna just like dominate <laughs> commercials, everything. People are gonna see that so often, and they're especially if they don't go into like looking oh. for different types of games. They're just gonna be like, oh, okay, yeah, this there's this one. Yeah, the only thing I can see happening really, and this happened for me with Golf Story, would be um, a YouTuber or a Twitch streamer playing the game because the Game yeah. Grumps play Golf Story, and that's what I was hesitant about it because I wasn't sure if I'd actually like it but seeing them play it play it um really it convinced me to buy it it really does have to be word of mouth for, mm-hmm. for indie. Uh, that's for indie. they rely on that word of mouth because yes. unfortunately this is, sounds so lame but i found about golf story on a stardew valley forum because that's how i spend my Saturday and that's night. fair enough <laughs> i mean that's what they kind of have to rely on because i can't afford to make commercials mm-hmm. do you think that there was a previous stigma regarding indie games in the industry when it comes to like consumers and like looking at them they're like i think especially when games started to get high graphics i think when you have games that look like like fifa or whatever that look really realistic and then you have these people still making the pixel sprites it looks a little bit like a joke like really Mm -hmm. you're you're still on that so yeah i think maybe uh, graphic wise i feel like it's almost looked like oh that's cute that you can do that but we're gonna do something better Mm mm-hmm and I think the fact that it's like so easy to make is kind of a double-edged sword because like it is easy to make, which means people can pump out like garbage games. Really bad ones, yeah. Which really taint the industry, I feel like. Yeah, because we're talking about the like good indie games. Yeah. But, like, but like I would say buried under a huge pile of bad ones, like lots of bad mm-hmm. ones. Uh, speaking about like how much time developers have spent on their games, uh, have you guys played Doki Doki? I have. I've played a bit of it, and I've watched all of it. I've finished the whole game. It's super spooky. Like, full game, do we talk about, like, the going back through and playing it? <laughs> I didn't go back through and play it, but I did watch, like, the alternate stuff mm-hmm. you can do. Yeah, that that game is really weird. Like, I remember, like, the general basis, like, before I even, like, you know, watched, you know, like... Essentially, what I did was to watch my roommate play it, and mm-hmm. it was really hilarious because, like, he had no idea what was this going to happen. And I, we both sort of knew it was like a horror game, but we didn't know yeah. what was going to happen or yeah, that's how I anything. Went into it. Yeah, and like, have you guys seen the um, game theories regarding Doki Doki? I have, yeah. I have not. Essentially, what the whole entire game is is like an advertisement for their next game. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm that's sold. what it seems like. I'm sold on it too. If it's going to be as good as Doki Doki, yeah, I'll probably get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the in the for the listeners who haven't played Doki Doki, it's free. It just play through it. it it's a good time. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's a good time. <laughs> oh man, I was just about to spoil something. But if anyone hasn't played it, I'm not going to spoil it. Spoiler alert. Never mind. But no, it's it's a really good time. I love horror. Horror is the best thing in the world. Horror is my favorite genre of games. Same movies, books, Mm -hmm. games, everything. Love horror. And so, from what it looks like, it's a lot better than you'll think it will be. Like I was expecting, like when some 
when people are like, oh, it's horror, I'm like, hopefully it's not jump scares because I'm used to that. And it, mm-hmm. it doesn't really there frighten like, me. I think one, maybe two jump scares in the whole game. Yeah. And those jump scares I felt were justified. I feel like people say this about a lot of games, but I feel like this is genuinely like innovative for the like horror game genre. Like mm-hmm. it did a lot of things I've never seen before and that I was really impressed with. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of horror games are just like, oh, we're going to throw in the horror right away. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. just constant horror 24-7, so you're always on guard. But Doki Doki, it's like, oh, it's a nice little dating simulator yeah. for like half of it. And then this it goes, This is my yeah, first entrance down. into dating sims. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, man, the game's sort of corrupted. Yeah. And then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, man, the characters are actually like psychologically psychologically manipulated with the game's code apparently yeah it's super it's only like a five or a six hour game and for like the first half of it it's a really slow build Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like if you go into it completely blind like you don't know it's a horror game then you're gonna be shocked yeah (laughs) yeah it was heavy it was hard to watch too or hard to play really I, I find it really interesting, like, going back through it. Like, you know how you have to mess with the game files in order to win the game at the right. end? Like, we, we tried playing the game and, like, starting off trying to to delete the other character files to, just to see what happens. Yeah. And they the game actually sort of responds it and prevents players from doing that. Mm-hmm. And it, it is really, really interesting because, like... I was seeing like how much will the developers let people just experiment with the game because it is definitely different from like any other game I've seen. Mm-hmm. I'd say so. Have you, have you guys ever had a game that was like really meta like that before? No, really honestly. meta. Not one that comes to mind. I'm sure there is out there that I know of, but not one off the top of my head. The closest I can kind of come to it is. Uh, Undertale, just the very ending gets mm-hmm. a little like meta and almost the same vein, but like. Not well, then I guess you could say like the Deadpool game too. Yeah, because breaking the fourth wall constantly. But yeah. I feel like this is a little. It, I would say that's like a that's, super super yeah. watered down version. Yeah. of what this does. It, it sort of reminds me of the uh, old Metal Gear Solid games, in which it would be like, oh, you have to unplug your controller from like you know player one mm-hmm. and put it into player mm-hmm. two or something like that. It's it's really odd i would say I, I mean it's definitely like really neat because i didn't know steam can let you access game files right within yeah. that <laughs> i mean no and there's just something that like because video games there's always going to be a separation between mm-hmm. the game and reality there should be at least yeah uh <laughs> but when it like forces you to kind of put yourself into that situation mm-hmm. it, it's interesting and i i enjoyed a lot yeah it was heartbreaking for me because like the the warning when you start up the game is there for a reason because mm-hmm. like i don't talk about it a whole lot but i used to be suicidal when i was younger and so it was very hard to, to like play through that game like seeing all these like different stuff happened to these characters mm-hmm. it was really rough for me yeah do, do you guys consider this game like pretty terrifying compared to like other horror it's see this is my favorite kind of horror yes because there's there is certainly a place for like supernatural horror don't get me wrong on that i like that kind of stuff but stuff that can actually happen in reality is v- way more scarier for me yeah and i would say it's I wouldn't call it terrifying because you're I don't at least in my opinion you're never going to be there just like ah screaming mm-hmm. but I think that I agree with you that's my favorite type of horror because it's one of those ones that lingers with you mm-hmm. and like you'll just sit there and think about it yeah and it, that's that's good horror to me yeah yeah um, I remember just like messing with um, people I know who've played it and and I was just like 
hey guys guess what and they're like what like just monica and they're like no no we do not talk about this <laughs> and it's just like i just know how to psychologically mess them up now yeah there you go well and even in like later on in the game where you get to that part where it's like just monica and she's like deleted everything spoiler warning um and then <laughs> she like your real name is like blah, blah, blah or whatever mm-hmm. like she because i um i can't remember what name i put in but she's like your real name's phil isn't it and that got to me i was like how does she know how does she read like my laptop like ID or my Steam ID. My I don't God, know. She's seen like all my porn. This is so is weird. She, <laughs> is she sentient? What's happening? <laughs> See, I didn't realize that until we like watched another player do that because like w- when we started up the game, we just put in like an actual name, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. not like some random junk name. So we didn't realize that happened. But then like looking back on it, I'm like, that was really clever on the dev- developer's yeah. part because yeah. I didn't realize games can have like that much access to. I mean, like, typically when you think about it, you know, a lot of Steam's do, you know, Steam games just pull your username from there. Mm. This ba- this is on that note and backtracks to your previous question, has the game ever gotten that meta? Yes. Uh, th- there was an old stupid horror game. It was uh, Sonic.exe, uh, and it was one of those stupid, just, like, awful horror games that they, like, shelled out all the time. But it did the same thing, and it got weird where it went into your files and found out, like, your name and stuff. And that was really weird because it didn't even ask you to enter in a name. It just starts talking to you. And it did that same thing. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> Makes me worry about my search history. <laughs> and speaking about search history, we have What's Facebook. Not? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, seriously, though, this game is, like, really out there. I, I had to admit, like, looking back at, like, the game theories and, like, mm-hmm. how much there is involved with that, like, what really surprised me the most when I was watching those game theory videos, which anyone should totally check out, is, like, people would literally convert from like base what base two or base eight to like you know actual words and stuff and there was like actual diary entries from each of the characters and they're like describing like psychological like mental hospitals and like being stabbed and like all these random things i'm like what is going on with this game it's messed up it is (laughs) but i'm 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 totally excited for their next game and i have no idea what it's going to be I mean, From the game theory, it sounds like uh, Yuri is going to be the main character, I think. No, I think or it's the, Monica. Or Monica is going to be the... Oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Monica. I remember now. Monica is going to be the <laughs> protagonist, I believe. And I think Yuri is going to be the main villain. The villain, yeah. I but, love Yuri on ice. <laughs> I hope, Dif- I different hope what, no, different I want, topic, man. No, I want them to use him as the villain. That's even... Like, Yuri from Yuri on ice. I want him to just end up there. <laughs> this be, isn't A-Team, you know. <sighs> you never let me have any fun, Phil. <laughs> It would be really interesting if the two games actually communicated. Like, if you played the previous game, like, sort of with, like, Mass Effect, you can, like, have your character go mm-hmm. through it. But, like, it would be really interesting. It's like, like, the main character or, like, Yuri would be like, oh, you didn't choose me last time or something like that. And I'm like, oh, what? I did yeah. choose her, though. <laughs> I didn't want her to kill herself, which is why I chose her. But I, I don't know. Whoops. Thing. I actually chose her too because the other ones were what a team annoying. We are. <laughs> <laughs> I felt really bad because uh, Sayori was the first one to Sayori's go. Sayori's my favorite though. I'm just like I, that got to me. <laughs> but uh, what was the what was the third one? Natsuki. Yeah, 
She was just, oh my gosh, she got on my nerves all the really? time. <laughs> I wanted to go for her instead of Yuri, but I was really worried that if I ignored Yuri, she would kill herself, which oh, is no. why I picked her. I'm with you, though. Like, annoyed me the whole time. Wasn't wasn't even an option. Like, whole time just annoying. Like, for throughout the most of the game, I was just wondering why, like, you couldn't choose anything to relate to Monica. I'm like, why is the game not letting me mm-hmm. do this? And then, right. like, at the end of the game, I'm like, oh, that's... That's why. <laughs> but like if you if you play through it again, it actually deletes Monica and like I think it's Sayori that it's takes Sayori, yeah. yeah, Sayori becomes Monica, which is weird. And then it, does it just keep on going? No, no, no. Uh after Sayori becomes like the president, she realizes she becomes like sentient, quote unquote. And then uh Monica somehow deletes her and then starts deleting the entire game and then you have to uninstall it and reinstall it to play it again. Wow. So uh, that's where it ends, though. So, so Sayori is where it ends. Uh, Yuri and Natsuki don't become president. I was like wondering, like, who else are they going to kill off? They can't kill off you because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's 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 when it gets even more meta. Is someone walks into your house <laughs> and shoots you? <laughs> Turns out it was uh, Natsuki. She's <laughs> 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 like, you didn't choose me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be that would be really fun. And I'd be sold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying the next game if I was alive. <laughs> oh my gosh! I I mean I don't know when they're gonna come out with that game though. Didn't like didn't the rumors say it was like this year or something? Uh, I'd have to watch the video again. I don't remember. I saw things. I didn't know all the like promotion stuff, but I saw things saying that they were releasing another game mm-hmm. supposedly this year. Whether it happens or not, we'll see. Because I don't think it was an official statement. I think it was just a lot of like rumors. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to make it paid this time or if they're going to make it free again. They should make it paid because they'd make it paid, but I yeah. hope they make it free. <laughs> yeah. I'd pay for the next game. If it's as good as Doki Doki, I'd pay for it. I would wait for the reception and then pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I wonder I wonder if it's going to be like the same style. If it's going to be like the same, you know, sort of choice-based game mm-hmm. or if it's going to be like completely different you know i kind of want them to make it completely different because at this point there wouldn't be that same shock like you it's it would be expected and so i think the charm of the first game would be kind of lost on it Mm. i'm i'm fine with them doing like another visual novel kind of thing and even choice based but it definitely won't be like a dating simulator or anything like that it won't be like cutesy in it like at first i think it'll go straight into the horror if it's gonna be like a horror game what if they just release like a regular dating sim next time (laughs) people are sitting there like waiting for stuff to go down just like oh no okay okay gonna watch all those uh streamers and they're just the streamers are just like on the edge of their seats like oh man is something gonna happen and then it's just like no nothing will (laughs) you expect death and you get a marriage instead (laughs) sounds worse to me but (laughs) i mean i wonder how many people actually worked on that game was it like a group of people because i have no idea like i just know the the developer's team name is like Team Salvato or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if it was one guy working on that game, it's insane what he, he did because... It, he wasn't alone, but I know he did a lot of work himself. Hmm. Because like, there's a lot of there's a lot of choices in that game. And mm-hmm. yet, like, apparently the game's already been coded to have, you know, Sayori die first and then Yuri and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And it's just like, I mean, I, I felt like I made important decisions in that game i mean yeah. there's literally ones in which it's like oh would would you actually like be with sayori or not and they're like yeah the some of the, the choices were kind of disappointing to me because uh i found out later on that it doesn't matter what you pick uh the same stuff will happen 
No, I found that out too, and it was just as disappointing to me. Cause mm-hmm. like, like I, like you said, I feel like I have control and have important decisions to make. But like, yeah, that's why I don't like Telltale games. Oh. Yeah, I, I oh, don't get started. You, you're giving the illusion of choice. You don't actually have a real choice. Because if developers actually gave us choices, then they had to code practically a whole other game mm-hmm. based upon that other second choice. Yeah, as I know in the first season of Walking Dead, you can, like, there's two characters. You can choose to save one of them. And, okay, well, great, you save one of them, the other one dies. Well, then, like, two chapters later, the person you save dies anyway. Yeah. Regardless of who you picked. Mm-hmm. And so, I feel like that's how every yeah. Telltale game is. It's yeah. like whatever major decision you make in like a chapter or two, mm-hmm. it's just going to be yeah. undone. Yeah, it, like there, certain characters are going to die no matter what. Yeah. It's just a matter of when they die. And that's why I'll never buy a Telltale game. Fair enough. I mean... Batman was so disappointing. I'm still yeah, mad about it. Uh, I didn't buy anything after season two of Walking Dead. I mean, I've... Like, how much do they have? Like, how much are those games, anyways? Because I feel like they're really crazy expensive. You can get uh, on your phone the first season of Walking Dead for, like, free. Yeah. The first uh, I don't know about past it, but. Um, I want to say it's no more than $10. I can't imagine. Or maybe $15, depending on the game. I'm sure the older ones are at, like, a lower price now mm-hmm. I, I know they always do that like oh the first chapter is free and then it's like there's like five other chapters mm-hmm. you to, if you really want the entire game and it's like I, for, for example I think the Batman one is like 20 or 30 bucks and it's like a I say you for, get the full mm-hmm. Batman story for yeah, 30 one, mm-hmm. yeah. for like every chapter yeah I just I don't see the point of it I, I really, usually get games on sale so I think I got Walking Dead for only a few dollars yeah and I, I just really hate those games because like for example the the Minecraft one really ticked me off the most because it's like I looked at it for the longest time and like it feels like Minecraft but with a story mode you know like more of an actual story mm-hmm. but the, the then I realized it was Telltale and the more I looked into it I'm like oh wait you're just making choices mm-hmm. even though Minecraft itself is about creativity and open world mm-hmm. and doing no, all man, these make things. Make those hard choices. Let yeah. your life be decided for you. <laughs> that don't even matter. Do I place the stone block or the wood block? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Both will happen at one point. <laughs> <laughs> the spiders will invade anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I think that about wraps up our podcast for today. Um, thank you for listening to How It's Played. Make sure to check us out on Byte BSU, also on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media links, and the Ball State Daily News. All right, this has been Eli Soakland along with Phil Aiken, Matthew Yap. All righty, thank you for listening.